Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. I started uh, every service with a bit of a, it's a bit of a joke or something light because uh, since becoming um, a future dad, or oh, my wife is 21, 21 weeks pregnant now, we did get a scan and the baby is growing ahead of schedule. So if that keeps up, who knows when this baby might be. Um, but I thought I'd start with some dad jokes, but being Christmas, I thought let's have some Christmas jokes, yeah? yeah? All right, so if you have any good Christmas jokes, please send them through to me. I did have one sent through this morning. Uh, I guess I'll read it. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is from my mother-in-law, so you can, you can blame her. Um, what did Santa's wife say when she looked out the window? It looks like rain, dear. <laughs> All right. How, how, I'll give you a couple more. How did Mary and Joseph know how heavy Jesus was in, when he was born? They had a way in the major. Manger. Wow, people are clapping for that. Oh, my goodness. I'll give you two more. I'm in a good mood. I'll give you two more. What's the difference, what's the difference between the Christmas alphabet and the normal alphabet? The Christmas alphabet has no L. Yeah. Just seeing people slowly click over. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some people in 10 minutes' time will start laughing in the service. And it's because they just understood that joke. Okay, last one. There are three stages of man. There are three stages of man. Number one, he believes in Santa Claus. Number two, he doesn't believe in Santa Claus. Number three, he is Santa Claus. I like that one. I thought that was good. <laughs> uh, if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. Yesterday's working bee was fantastic. Oh, by the way, podcast listeners, you probably already zoned in, but thank you for listening. We pray you're blessed. Yesterday at Working Bee, you know what I love the most about Working Bees is the conversations around the Working Bee. And it's amazing the friendships you make and the people you meet and the stories you hear. And um, I was just so blessed yesterday. Thank you again to all those who came out. Um, a lot of people are going to be a bit sore today. Um, there's a lot of uh, lifting and wheelbarrowing and clearing leaves and all that type of stuff. So thank you. Make sure you rest today. Make sure you take some time this afternoon and just enjoy God's presence and heal up. But thank you so much for all those who came out. All right, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8 says this. It says, Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel, and after conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, Beware of passing that place because the Arminians... Um, are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king, 
so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram, and he summoned his officers and demanded of them, Tell me, which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, the Lord, my lord, the king, said one of the officers. But Elisha, the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Just on that, it's good to have wise, prophetic people in your life. So if you find those type of people, make sure you hold on to them because they can help you a lot. Let's keep reading. It says, Go find where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. Uh, the report came back, he is in Dothan. And verse 14 says, Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there, and they went by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, and get this, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And then it goes on, we won't read the rest, but it goes on to talk about how because they're blinded, the army of God or the army of Israel went forward, it captured those people, didn't kill them, took them back and actually fed them, were kind to them and said, go back to your master. And they took back a report to their master of kindness from the people of Israel. How cool is that? This morning, we're just going to continue our, our series on revival culture. And today's message is called this, revival culture is an aware culture. Revival culture is an aware culture. It is an open-eyed culture. It is a wise culture. So we've been going along this journey. A few months ago, there was a shift in our church. I don't know if you could sense it, but there was a shift, something shifted in Charlie and I. Our church has rallied to it. And since then, we've been just talking about revival We've seen more miracles in the past six weeks than we have in the past six months, um, including cancer being healed, um, including blind, blindness being healed, including mental illness being healed, um, including you know, limbs and ligaments being healed. God is doing something in this place because our normality is what? Our normality is heaven here. Someone texted me this morning, and I, I love um, texts Sunday morning. It's often a morning where I'm trying to prepare, trying to lead the army of God forward this morning. And it's often a morning where I can sense oppression or that type of thing. And, and someone just texted me and said, um, this morning it's about the green zone. It's about the green zone. And if you've been here for the past few weeks, you know that we're talking about how in warfare, how even now today in warfare, how armies will have a green zone where they'll go back to their compound and it's a heavily fortified area where it is a place of safety, a place of rest, a place of healing. And my heart for our church is that 8 Bellevue Street will be a green zone for you, (laughs) for our city, that as soon as people come onto our property, as soon as they see those red bows on the front gate, that they encounter God's presence that we don't wait for the preaching, we don't wait for the worship right now. There is an atmosphere of heaven touching this place. If God can anoint Paul's apron and can anoint Paul's handkerchief to lay on the sick and heal them, God can anoint the coffee that you put in your body. 
Can I hear an amen? Yeah? So this is our normal. Yesterday, one of the most holy days of our year as a church was actually yesterday's working day. I don't know if you realize this. Let me just cause you to be aware. Why? Because our mentality has shifted from church is about a Sunday service to church is about this place, whole property and beyond going into our city as the temples of the Holy Spirit. But when we come here physically, I want this church place building to be a place where, like we saw someone on Saturday, I don't know why, but they had the camper van on our driveway. I guess sometimes, you know, people think when they're traveling around Australia, churches are a safe place to sleep overnight. But my prayer is that for that person or for that couple, that them sleeping on this property, they would encounter prophetic dreams, they would encounter healing, they would encounter breakthrough, and it wouldn't even be because the pastor's preaching up here, but because the Holy Spirit is here. Heaven is here. I want this church, I want our community to be a place of heaven. I don't want to wait and die and go to heaven. I want us to bring heaven here. Because the Bible says, pray this prayer. Jesus tells us this is about obedience. Pray this prayer on earth as it is in heaven. This is the will of God. <laughs> Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we have to keep asking the Holy Spirit to renew our thinking because we get so natural in our thinking. We, we think that it's all about the earth and all about our world and our worldly expectations and what's common. It's not. It's about heaven. <laughs> so when Charlie and I have pain, we say there's no pain in heaven. We pray for each other and we believe for healing. But what happens, Benai, if I don't get healed? Hey, it's fun praying anyway. What happens if we do get healed? What happens if our prayer of faith honors him? What happens if our prayer of faith and bringing heaven to earth is just a simple act of obedience? <laughs> so we've been speaking about the secret place. We've been speaking about the great south coast of the Holy Spirit. The great south coast of the Holy Spirit. How are we going to see breakthrough for our south coast region by your secret place? By your personal hidden place with God? by your un-Instagrammable place, by your place where no one knows you went there. The Bible says when you go to the place in secret, he sees that and rewards us. How is our secret place, church? Because we are simple reflections of our secret places. Yeah? You know the worship team, when you watch them worship, they just that's how they worship at home. If they're timid up here, they're timid at home. I'm telling you. When you're there today, the way you worship here is the way you worship at home. If you don't worship here, you don't worship at home. Yeah. No doubt about that. Why? Because we are reflections of our walk with God. Yeah. And so we have to take the time. If we want to be a south, great, a south coast of the Holy Spirit, we have to take the time yeah. to be what? Worshippers in spirit and truth. Yeah. Hey, truth is a powerful word. Yeah. Truth is honest. It's real. It's genuine. We can play church. We know how to play church. We're good at playing church. We know how to say the right things, do the three songs, give into the offering, listen to the script, the, the word, go out and have a coffee. We can do that and there's places for that. But unless it comes from a heart of truth, because God isn't dumb. We treat him sometimes as though he, he, doesn't, he has like blinders through the week. No, he wants our heart on Monday. So we talked about the secret place. We talked about hunger. 
We talked about being a hungry person. Are you hungry for God? How many of us are here today because we are hungry for more of God? Because if that's the reason, then God will honour that. But if we're here because we're hungry for tradition or we're hungry for other things, then guess what? It won't be honoured the same way. So when we hunger, the Bible says, when we hunger for him, we shall be filled. We shall be filled to overflowing. Those who hunger and thirst shall be filled. And then we spoke about the culture of testimony. We spoke about the fact that when we are people of testimony, that when we testify, we bring breakthrough. How are we going with our testimony? How are you going with sharing what Jesus has done for you this week? As a church, we're asking you, please send through your testimonies. Testimonies at celebrationchurch.com.au or any social media inbox. Send it through because we want to celebrate. We're called Celebration Church. We want to celebrate all that God is doing because when we celebrate what God is doing, we worship Him. People can argue your theology, but they can't argue your testimony. Yeah? So we want to raise up a church that isn't great just with our words, but is great with our action. Yeah? Can I hear an amen? This is good preaching, I know it. I'm just preaching to myself. I'm just going to say amen to myself. So the thing is this. We have this Christmas appeal coming up. We talk about being a well. We can talk about being a well till the cows come home. And yes, cows come home, whatever that means. But if we don't realize that our church can make a statement by giving some hampers to families who are in dire situations and saying, hey, it's Christmas, because we do it Christmas Eve, by the way, we knock on doors. Hey, we just want to bless you. And the mum and dad are like, what, financially we're strapped? This is, we're so stressed. Whoa, this is amazing. What a great taste to leave in people's mouths. My challenge for us and for you and for me is that we all bring something in for the appeal. Everybody, like next Sunday, come with bags. Say to the host, host, we need you to come into the car. We've got too much in the boot. Because we can talk about being a resource. We can talk about being a well. But we have an opportunity. (laughs) And I know Christmas can be stressful for a lot. But we can always find that little bit of margin to help someone in need. Yeah? We're going to talk about that more in a second. I love the Christmas hamper appeal. We need, we need more stuff, though. I looked at it yesterday and I thought, no, no, we need like 10 times this amount. So, so feel free to keep bringing it in. Let's come back to this scripture. We see this servant here. This servant here, he's with Elisha, and he says, I'm freaking out. The armies are going to kill us. They're in a valley, or they're in a city. They're surrounded by the enemy's armies naturally. Elisha is just chilled out. He's just hanging out. He's not stressed at all. The servant is freaking out. He's thinking, my day has come. I'm going to die. I'm not going home to my family. This is it. And Elisha says this, and I love this. He says, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire. So the challenge we have is this this morning. We can be practically aware. We can be practically present. But are we spiritually aware and are we spiritually present? Right now in this place, do you know that there are angels? Do you know that the Holy Spirit is here and the way he's represented in the Bible is fire? So there is fire in this room. 
Do we have the eyes to see not just physically the fairy lights and the beautiful Christmas tree? Let me have a little bit of a smell. It is real. Oh, pine, beautiful. (laughs) Do we have eyes to see greater than just the physical? You see, we we, we can't afford to be practically smart but spiritually dull. Yeah. A revival culture isn't just practically smart, it's spiritually sharp. You know, God is always doing something. (laughs) In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Are we led by the Spirit of God? Are we led by the Spirit of God? Do we take time to say, Holy Spirit, lead me today? Holy Spirit, in this conversation, lead me. At work today, as I interact with, with customers, lead me. As I, as, I, as I look after my kids today, in my marriage, lead me, Holy Spirit. Help me, help me to be attuned to... It's one of my greatest prayers, I pray. God, open my ears to your voice. Open my eyes to what you're doing. Unblock my heart and heart. Anywhere that's hard that I don't even know about, soften it. Because I need your help to see what you're doing. In the Bible, we have a bunch of examples of people who missed what the Spirit was doing. Let me share a couple. The 12 spies in the promised land. They go into the promised land to spy out God's promise, God's word, God's prophetic word. They go in, here's the land. Go in, guys, look at it. Ten come back and say, it's too hard. It's too tough. The giants are too big. They looked at the natural. Two said, wait a second, do you know who my God is? Do you know who we serve? In God's eyes, they are the grasshoppers. <laughs> you see, we look at our circumstance and we go, whoa, it's so big, it's so hard, it's so tough. The doctor said this, the person said this, the bill said this, whatever. And it's like, God says, have you seen how big I am? Have you seen how big I am? <laughs> and he's a father, so he loves us, so he wants to look after us. Jesus doing miracles in his hometown. He's there doing an amazing amount of miracles. And then it says they spoke up and it said they were amazed. Then someone said, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Joseph's son? And it says the miracle stopped. Bar a couple. Jesus could not move there. Because the people went from seeing what God was doing in the spirit to looking at the flesh. They looked at the familiarity of the moment. They became familiar because they didn't have eyes to see. They weren't spiritually aware. The adulterous woman at the well, what a great story. What a great analogy of Jesus' grace. She's there at the well. She's an adulterous woman. She's caught in adultery. And what happens is, They're about to stone her. She, according to the scripture, should have been dead. They were actually biblically right. What did Jesus do? Jesus, in the spirit, went above it. He went above it and he said, those who have not sinned, you cast the first stone. And and it says they all one by one walked away. Why? Because Jesus knew in the kingdom what the situation was and what was needed, not just Bang, that's just adulterate, bang, that's just... No, there was grace. We have to be kingdom aware. His kingdom is often the upside-down kingdom. (laughs) It's 
forgive someone when they don't deserve it. Yeah. It's give when you're in need. Yeah. It's worship when you feel down. Yeah. It's the opposite. But through that, we have to be aware that God always does something. Yeah. And here's one. This is so amazing. If you've got your Bibles, Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, verse 31. We will get to this over here in a second. Mark chapter 8, verse 31. It says this. It says, and it's Jesus speaking. He says, He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. And he spoke plainly about this. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Um, that's pretty funny, isn't it? Imagine taking Jesus aside and rebuking him. Jesus, I just got to address something in your life. <laughs> oh my goodness. And then Jesus just has this amazing uh, comeback or amazing response. Get behind me, Satan. He said, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Peter was trying to do something out of the good heart. He was looking at the natural. He was looking at the situation. It was practically good. He was going, our Saviour, our God, our Lord, can't be put on a, he can't be put to death. Jesus, what you're saying is ridiculous. Naturally, he was correct. But spiritually, he was completely incorrect. To the point where he actually became the voice of the enemy. He became the voice of Satan here. Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You don't have in mind the things of God. You have in mind earthly things. How many times in life do we have in our mind and our heart, we're living in the earthly realm? This is where right and wrong and gossip and all that rubbish, it's just stupid because it doesn't, forgiveness and grace covers. Whenever someone, I hear someone say, oh, I've got an issue with someone else, go and deal with it. Easy, bang, forgive. It's all good. Cover. Because God's kingdom is higher. And we see here that Peter had good intention. We also see it when he cuts off the, the ear of the, of the soldier when they come to arrest Jesus. He cuts his ear off. Obviously, he didn't get it still. He was so zealous. He was so, he, he was in love with Jesus. He was like, no, no you're taking my, I, he obviously forgot. It, bang, and Jesus was like, no, Peter, you're missing it. Yeah. This time, Peter didn't re- rebuke. So he gets the ear and he attaches the ear. <laughs> Bang on, back on there. Yeah, that's, that's the sound that would have made. The thing is this, is that when we are dull, when we are dull to what the Spirit is doing, two things happen, two things. Number one, we miss out on being a part of what God is doing. And number two, we miss out on receiving what God is doing. If you want to miss out on making history and being a part of what God is doing, then don't have eyes to see spiritually what's happening. Be dull. Turn up to church and be in a level of the music's too loud. Dull. I didn't like the preaching today, Pastor. You missed what was God trying to say something though? We get caught up in this level that's just very natural. You see, this morning in worship, I'm there over, and, I, and we're singing that song, um, uh, the Christmas song. 
O come, let us adore him. And I'm just, just lifting up the name of Jesus. And I'm just singing. I'm just singing in my spirit. Just chains being broken off people. Like lives being restored. People who are in, in the most dark place finding light and grace. And those who are bound by shame and guilt and sin and unforgiveness are set free. And those who have been abused finding healing. And, those, and I'm singing in my spirit and, and talking about, you don't need to tell me to worship. When I'm seeing that, I lift you up. Oh, come, let us adore you, Jesus. Christ our Lord, when we lift you up, you draw all men to yourself. We give you all the glory. We give you all the glory. You see, it's not about a building church just coming along on a Sunday. And, oh, this is not. It's about knowing that what we do is a war. What we do is not a light issue. Yesterday, when the, uh, I was so amazed, some of the um, over 60s are there, and I know some of them have some health issues, and they're still getting the wheelbarrows and doing stuff. Put a bunch of our young people to shame. But they don't understand something. They, they, even in that moment, it's like if only they could understand that as they do the wheelbarrow, there is a chain potentially being broken. We have to get this. Holy Spirit, this morning, open up our eyes. I pray anyone in this place who is spiritually dull, I don't care if they've been a Christian for 30 years, open our eyes. Because when you have open eyes, church, you walk around with a strut. You walk around like Elisha and you see the different challenges. You don't go, oh, it's so hard. You go, open my eyes to the, the fact that we are surrounded by chariots of fire. <laughs> chariots. The victory is here. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for the victory. All right. A revival culture is both practically aware of the needs around us and spiritually aware of what the season is. Revival culture is both practically aware of the needs around us and spiritually aware of what the season is. I love this. Their church is just going from strength to strength in this area where you're just looking after each other. Especially our over-60s, I want to honour you. The way that you know how each other's going when someone's not around, the way that you find out and you tell me, oh, this person's in hospital, this is going on, and it's not just all the pastor having to know everything, and you're looking after them, thank you. Thank you for making my job a joy. Thank you for looking after each other. Thank you for doing your over-60s events and for all the things that you do behind the scenes. Keep pioneering it for our church. Because if our young adults can catch that, whoa, it's going to be a game changer. And by the way, young adults are great, and you are getting it, but you can learn that from the over-60s. If our youth get that, imagine what God could do. You see, we're called to be a church of kindness. It says this in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. It says, Of the sons of Issachar, men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do, their chiefs were 200 and the kinsmen were at their command. This is David's army, David's mighty army. And it says the sons of Issachar, they were known as the men who knew what God was doing. They understood the times and they had knowledge of what Israel should do. 
Please get this with you. I know it's a bit warm, but get this with me. They were known for the fact that they knew. Their reputation was the fact that they were the only ones, it seems, who actually had eyes to see what Israel, God was doing inside of Israel. Who in the place here today are the sons of Issachar? Who are the ones who are spiritually aware, being led by the Spirit, that they can go, I can see and sense what God is doing in this church. I can sense that God is doing, there's a rumbling. And guess what? It's not just the prophetic people. It's everybody. Do you know what God's doing in your family? Do you know what God's doing in your marriage? Do you know what God's doing in your kids? Do you know what God's doing in your church? Take the time just to seek him. Do we know what God's doing in our city? Because he is doing something. Can I hear an amen? All right. When we learn to be aware of what's happening in the spirit, as well as the physical, we build a revival culture. Yeah? Acts chapter 2. What happens, church? Revival breaks out. Fire falls. 3,000 people are saved in a day. Talk about church growth. 3,000 are saved in one sermon. But then you go into Acts chapter 2. What happens? They go from the fire of God, revival, to looking after the poor. What is revival, church? The Christmas hamper appeal. Revival breaks out, Acts chapter 2. They go receiving God, powerful miracles, signs and wonders, fire falling, churches growing. Let's work out a way to look after the poor. To the place, to the point where the church said, hey, listen, let's actually sell our possessions and give to those in need. And our pastor here saying, please bring in a bag of groceries. Please, one bag. Look at what revival looks like. Like biblically. Revival is looking after those in our community who don't have enough. Those who are forgotten, those who can't enjoy a nice Christmas. And by the way, if you have people in need, please nominate them anonymously. We won't tell them that you nominated them and, and we'll, we'll make sure that we can get them a, a, a hamper. And if you're in this church and you're in need, put your name forward. We want to bless our church, make sure our home is looked after. But that's why I'm so passionate about helping those in need. Christmas Hamper Appeal is one of my highlights this season. But do we have eyes to see it? Is it just a practical, oh, that's something else? Or is it actually revival? What happens if revival looks like the Hamper Appeal? Go back to Acts chapter 2. Look at what revival looks like. Yeah? It's not just rolling around on the ground speaking in tongues. It's other things as well. It's looking after those who are fatherless, who are forgotten, who are broken, who are, who are the lonely, who are the rejected, who are the ones who are on generations of just being on bad situations. So often we can look down at those types of people and God says, lift them up. <laughs> so anyway, next week, bring in a bunch of bags. Bring them in. Call out, host, come and help me with my bags in the car. Beck Herbert can carry 50,000 of those bags. <laughs> He's a resident power lifter. All right, all right, I'm running out of time. Here we go. Nehemiah chapter 4. 
Is that okay? Yeah. yeah. We must be aware. We must be aware, not just practically, but spiritually. Yes. We must understand and seek God for what God is doing. Yes. Next time you have something going on with somebody else, there's a, there's some, don't just go straight to the phone. Don't go, don't go straight to the internet. Go to him. Yes. Ask the Holy Spirit. Yes. Nehemiah chapter 4. So I love this. At some point, maybe next year, we're going to do a, a whole teaching out of Nehemiah because Nehemiah is a this amazing book, if you haven't read it, read it. It's not long. It's amazing, though. And it's about the fact that Nehemiah was called to build the wall, to build the temple, to start to build something for God's kingdom. He was restoring something. Practically, they were building for God. And there's all these amazing illustrations and amazing lessons in there from the people that came against him and mocked him to people who would attack him to you know, all these different things. And he still stayed focused on building the house. And for us, it's called building the house of God. Yeah. Remember this, church. Remember this. You are living stones. Yeah. Christ is our cornerstone, yeah. which means you here right now are fitted together as bricks, as you can see over here, to build the house of God. Yeah. So we have to be very aware of that. Yeah. Not spiritually dull, spiritually aware. All right, Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 17 says, and from that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half held spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers stationed themselves behind all the people of Judah who were rebuilding the wall. The laborers um, who carried materials worked with one hand and held a weapon in the other, and each of the builders worked with a sword strapped to his side. So this morning, what I've got is I've got something. I've got something to build with and I've got something to fight with. <laughs> it says here, it says, those who are rebuilding the wall, the laborers carry with one hand materials that they work with or belt build with. I've got a mullet here. Mallet. <laughs> I know, I know. Laugh that up. And a weapon, a weapon in the other. And what was happening was this, is that they were so focused on building the house, they were so focused on building the wall, that the enemy would come and try and attack them, and they were spiritually aware while they were practically building. You see, in this scripture, it is, we don't fight against flesh and blood now. We fight against principalities, things of the spirit, the Bible says. So we still have the sword, but we have to be smart enough and wise enough to know that in one hand we're fighting, at the same time we're building. We're wise practically and we're wise spiritually. <laughs> Nehemiah's man, Nehemiah and his... his, his, his he was building the church. By the way, the wall represents the house of God. Yeah. Celebration Church. How many of us today are aware spiritually and are fighting spiritually and building practically? Yeah. Yesterday, the working bee was a bunch of people going, hey, I'm going to fight spiritually, but today I'm going to take some time. I'm going to take some time to build practically. The gardeners need some mulch. I'm going to help with that. I'm going to do that. And they're just putting another brick, building the house of God. What happens as Christians sometimes is we put down one to do the other. 
we think, oh, it's just all about spirit, and we forget practical. Yeah. Or we think it's all about practical, and we forget spirit. Yeah. The men of God in the Bible, the mighty men, knew how to fight with both hands. Yeah. Actually, let's read that scripture. There's a scripture that says this. It says in 1, 1 Chronicles, let me read it to you, chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. It says, These were the men who came to David at Ziglag, while he was banished from the presence of Saul, son of Kish. They were among the warriors who helped him in battle. They were armed with bows and were able to shoot arrows or to sling stones, right-handed and left-handed. They were relatives of Saul from the tribe of Benjamin. These men of God, these mighty, mighty men, knew how to fight both hands. You see, our fight today, church, is like this. It's spirit and it's practical. It's, God, I'm going to spend time in praying and intercession. It's, I'm going to give to the Christmas hamper. It's, God, I'm going to come along and worship on Sunday. It's, I'm going to come out and, and, and help serve on a Sunday. It's, 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 it's all these things. And what happens is we actually become people who are building a house because we are aware of both practical, ne- practical needs and spiritual needs. This morning, are you more... Because this is what happens, and this is actually... Some of us are more wired practically. Yeah? We are, there's people here, and you're like, man, I'm just good with practical things. And some people are more wired spiritually. You can spend hours in prayer, but you can't lift a hammer to save your life. The question is trying to get a balance of both, of how can I be practical as well as spiritual? Because the Bible says, you know, without works, your faith is dead. So it's faith and it's works. Yeah? And get this, it's faith and it's works. I've seen this for years and years and years in churches everywhere um, where we're like, pray, 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 but we don't know how to look after a new person. (laughs) Pray, 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 but we don't know how to look after, uh, you know, someone who's in need. When the person comes in who isn't dressed right because they don't know how to dress for church, and we go, oh, have you seen that? Have you seen that cleavage on Sunday? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) They are not, this is not appropriate. I'll always remember the story when, when, we, when we were younger and that we had um, a six-foot-plus um, guy come in who was dressed in a dress. And for six months, he dressed as a woman. And I was young, I was a kid. I would sit under the chairs and we'd like, watch him through worship, like, what is going on? I was that young. And Pastor James and Addy, they never kicked him out. And they just let him sit for six months and just, just receive. He'd sit on the back row every Sunday. And years later, we heard from him that he moved to Queensland and, and got his heart right with God and has a family now and has a wife and kids. And I wonder, in this place, how that impacted his healing and how it impacted his life. We have to be practically smart and spiritually aware. David's men were so amazing because they knew how to fight, not with just one hand, but two hands. They knew how to be prepared in all seasons. <clears throat> we must learn to fight with one hand and build with the other. And we can't afford to be practically smart but spiritually dull. The mighty men were skilled with both the right and the left hand. 
You know, revival is very interesting in terms of, and we've seen it throughout history, we've seen things like the Salvation Army. The Salvation Army was originally known as a revival. I don't know if you knew that. They were known for the Holy Spirit power. William Booth was a man of God. He was a man that just, he would see things break out. He would see the power of God break out. He would see miracles. They had raised up a generation. But then they went to the practical, and the practical is what you need to go to, but to the point where, do you think of that when you think of the Salvation Army? No, you think of practical need. The challenge is this. How do we do both well? How do we look after both well? Is Celebration Church going to be a church that looks after the spirit and what God's doing in the spirit, but also the practical and look at what's around us? Because that is what revival looks like. This morning I want to encourage you to be somebody who walks around, A, who, who chooses to build the house of God. I mean, that's a conversation in itself. Can we honestly say in our hearts that we give our, our lives to building God's house? That's the pastor's job. No, it's not. It's everybody's job. My job is to help you build the house. So when we build the house of God, we're building up the walls of God, we're building up a safe place, a dwelling. And what happens is we have to then be aware that spiritual attack will come. I'm very protective over our church. I, I Spiritually, I watch. I watch for religious people. I watch for division. I watch because I know, I've seen it happen, that a little bit of that sitting in our church for too long will start to break down the wall. Yeah, that was good. We have to be guarded. We have to be smart. We have to be spiritually aware. So here's the question for you as we finish. What is God doing in your life today? What is the season you are currently in? Do you know the season you're in? What is the season your family's in? How's the marriage going when it comes to God? How's your workplace going? Do you just see it as a practical outworking or do you see it as a spiritual place where heaven invades earth? Your workplace should at least, or in the bubble around your cubicle or around your station, should be the place where heaven invades the most. There should be a sense of God. Why? Because this is who we are. And then as a church, are we wise to hear the rumbling of what God's doing? When you're in worship, when you're praying, and you're praying for our church, and please pray for our church, please pray for our pastors. We always need prayer. When you're praying, do you sense what God's doing? Do you sense the rumbling in the Spirit? Do you sense the anointing of God? Do you see the people being set free? Because if you don't know the answers to those questions, then maybe today God wants to say, hey, it's time to open your eyes afresh. Maybe it's time to cause us to be spiritually aware again. Because God wants you to be extremely aware of him. You and I will always reflect, as we finish, always reflect the world we're most aware of. When you're stressed out, all you're doing is reflecting the world you're most aware of. 
me, what I need, my, my circumstance. This is why worship is so powerful. When you worship, it puts your eyes onto him and it makes you aware of how big he is. This Christmas season can be stressful for a lot of people. I encourage you, if you're one of those people who normally get stressed, especially around family time at Christmas, it can be a tense time for a lot of people. Take time to spend with Jesus. Take time to worship him. Take time to inquire of the Holy Spirit. He's your best friend. Let me finish with this. The Holy Spirit is the most beautiful, amazing person. Yet he's one of the most ignored people. And he is our helper, and he is our convictor, and he is our encourager, and he is our hope, and he is all these amazing things. And what happens is we actually miss out because we forget about him. With our baby on the way, I say to Charlotte all the time, do you speak to our baby today? (laughs) And she'll say, on the way to work we talk. I'm like, good. How much more the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the one who will make us both practically aware and spiritually aware. How do I speak to the Holy Spirit? Like I'm speaking to you now. With reverence, with honour, with an open heart. You can talk to the Holy Spirit about anything and everything. Nothing shocks him. You're not going to cause him to run out of the room. He loves you and he wants to be your best friend and best ally. And when you have that, he opens our eyes to the things of God. You see, this morning, many of us are here and we're like the servant. And God's saying to us, open their eyes. Open their eyes to the victory. Open their eyes to the breakthrough. Open their eyes to the chariots of fire. Open their eyes to the provision. Don't just look at the natural. Don't just be so naturally minded that you... Jesus said it to Peter. You just have the things of human mind in your head. Human concerns. You don't have in mind the things of God. And often they're very different. Especially all the practical people here. Let your spirit learn how to be leaning into the Holy Spirit to be touching the things of God in the spirit. Thank you. Why don't we just close our eyes and I'm just going to pray over us. I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray that our eyes, the eyes of our heart will be opened. That we would see the things of God, not just the things of the flesh. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And as you're, as you're sitting there, if you know that this message, you know I'm just speaking to you right now. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to stand up or respond, but in your heart, just say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes. I want to be spiritually sharp. I want to be practically sharp, but I also want to be spiritually sharp. I want to be a son of Issachar, where I knew what God was doing in the season and what God needed to do in the season. Maybe right now in your family, you need to be a son of Issachar where you know what needs to happen. You need God to speak to you afresh. Maybe in your workplace, maybe in your marriage, maybe in in your connect group or whatever area you're in, you're thinking, God, we just need your direction. 
just right now, why don't you just open your hearts and just, just say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Open my eyes to you. Why don't we just say that together? Say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Open my eyes. Say it again. Say, open my eyes and let me see the things of the Spirit in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Open our eyes, God. With this blindness right now, I just pray that it'll be taken off our hearts. With the scales that have grown over our eyes, may they drop today in Jesus' name. Where there's scales of discouragement, where there's different coverings, Lord, of just disappointment and unforgiveness, right now I pray in Jesus' name that they would fall away that we might see you, Jesus. We might see you in your full beauty and your full, your full glory. And Holy Spirit, we just want to say, you are welcome. You are welcome in this church. You are welcome in our hearts. Lead us, Holy Spirit. Lead us, Holy Spirit. Let revival continue to grow in this place the great south coast of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. You know, as you, have, as you have your eyes closed, if you're here and you know that your heart is far from Jesus, this morning I want to give you a moment just to say, you know what, Benaiah, I just want to make sure my heart is right with Jesus. I want to make sure my heart is completely found in Him. If you know that maybe, maybe you've never made that decision or maybe you've walked away, Maybe you've actually pulled back. God this morning, I believe, is saying, it's time to come home. If that's you and you want to say, I want to respond to that, that's me, but I want to make sure that I'm 100% right with Jesus. Why don't you just put your hand up in this place? Awesome, I see that hand. Awesome, I see that hand. Over there, I see that hand too. Those hands as well. Once they're up, you can put them down. Anybody else, you're saying, yeah, this is my moment. There is grace here. There is mercy here. There is kindness here. There is no judgment. There is no criticism. It is all love. Anybody else in this moment? Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we just pray this prayer of dedication? And you know what? Often we can get familiar with this prayer, but it's actually a very proud, powerful prayer. And if you put your hand up, even if you prayed this before, pray this from your innermost heart with everything you are. And we're going to join with you and support you. So let's pray this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. And today, I receive his grace. I receive his mercy. And I receive his love. Please forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for my wandering heart. I come home to you. And Jesus, I make you number one. You are my Lord and Savior. And Holy Spirit, come into my heart, come into my mind, and come into my life and have control. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God a mighty hand of praise. Thank you, God.
Charlie, why don't you jump up here? Why don't we all stand to our feet? And if you put your hand up then, and if you need some more support, we would love to help support you in your walk with God. We have our hand for desk at the back, but if you hang around there, there'll be someone to talk to you about your walk with God. Um, and if it's a first-time decision, we'd love to help you as well, help you grow, which would be fantastic. How are you doing? Yeah? How's this baby going? Yeah? I haven't thought it kicked yet, but uh, I know, I've got to stop talking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give it away. I've got to ask again, how many think it's a girl? How many think it's a boy? Ah, 50-50 now. Wow. How you doing? What do you want to say? Hmm. I don't know. This morning, okay? This morning, you feel you feel more aware. The revival culture is an aware culture. You know, as we finish, I just I just think we should do something a little bit different. Actually, I think we should get into groups of maybe three or four, and I want you to commission each other. Yeah. And I want you to pray blessing over each other for the week. Pray protection. Pray God. Pray, just go for it. Now this week with the best week of people's lives. So yeah, go find three or four and, and let's finish by just commissioning each other in Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.